0: the forty-second book of orlando furioso this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by thomas copeland orlando furioso by ludovico ariasto translated by sir john harrington book forty two the argument orlando of his conquest takes small joy which causeth him his dearest friend to want love's divers passions breed no small annoy to stout rinaldo and good she wishing her rogero to enjoy heath indian queen but soon he did recant taught by disdain at last in latian ground the paladine kind entertainment found what iron band or what sharp hard-mouthed bit what chain of diamond if such might be can bridle wrathfulness and conquer it and keep it in his bounds in due degree when one to us in bonds of friendship knit and dearly loved before our face we see by a violence or fraud to suffer wrong by one for him too crafty or too strong. And if before we can such panged a jest we swarve sometime from law and run astray, it may be well excused, sith in one's breast pure reason at such time bears little sway. Achilles, when with counterfeited crest he saw Patroclus bleeding all the way, to kill his killer was not satisfied except he hailed and tear him all beside so now a little since when in his brow alfonso wounded was with cursed stone and all his men and soldiers thought that now his soul from earth to heaven had been upflown they killed and spoiled they cared not whom nor how strong rampiers walls to them defense were none but in that fury they put all to rack both old and young and all the town to sack our men were so enraged with this fall to think they had their captain lost for a, that to the sword they put both great and small that happened then to come within their way and so their fortune did prevail withal that they the castle did regain that day in fewer hours their great fame and praise than had the spaniards got it erst in days it may be god ordained as i guess that he that time should wounded be so sore to punish that same sin and foul excess his foes committed had a while before when Vestidel forlorn and in distress did yield and should have had his life therefore yet was he killed when they had him surprised by men whose greater part were circumcised wherefore i justly may conclude thus much that nothing can more hotly kindle wrath than if one shall the life and honor touch of our dear friend or do him wrong or scath now as i said orlando's grief is such and such occasion of such grief he hath he sees his friend for lack of better heeding lie flat on ground and almost dead with bleeding as the nomadian shepherd that a snake along the grass and herbs hath sliding seen which late before with tooth most poisoned strake his little son that played upon the green doth bruise and beat and kill him with a stake so goes this earl with blade most sharp and keen and yet far more with wrath and collar wet and agrament was then the first he met unhappy he that in his passage stood his sword was gone as i declared before himself besmeared all with his own blood brave brandemart had wounded him so sore orlando comes and in his wrathful mood with balizard that pays home evermore he strikes by fortune were it or by art just where the shoulders from the head do part loosed was his helmet as i erst did tell that like a poppy quite fell off his head the carcass of the Libyan monarch fell down to the ground and lay along stark dead. His soul, by Charon, ferryman of hell, to Pluto's house or Stygian Lake was led. Orlando stayed no whit, but straight prepared to fight Gredasso eke with Balisard, But when Gredasso plain beheld and saw of aggrament the woeful end and fall, he felt an unaccustomed dread and awe, who never wanted was to fear at all and even as if his own fate he foresaw he made the paladine resistance small fear had so mazed his head and dazed his sense that for the blow he quite forgot his fence orlando thrust gradasso in the side about the ribs as he before him stood the sword came forth a span on t'other side and to the hilt was varnished all with blood by that same thrust alone it might be tried that he that gave it was a warrior good that with one thrust did vanquish and subdue the stoutest champion of the turkish crew orlando of this conquest nothing glad doth from his saddle in great haste alight and with a heavy heart and countenance sad he runs unto his dear beloved knight he sees his helmet cut as if it had been cloven quite with axe a woeful sight and even as if it had been made of glass, and not of steel, and plated well with brass. The paladine his helmet then unties, and finds the skull cloven down unto the chin, and sees the brain all cut before his eyes. Yet so much breath and life remained within, that he is able yet before he dies to call to God for mercy for his sin, and pray Orlando join with him in praying, and use to him this comfortable saying. My dear Orlando, see that to our Lord thou in thy good devotions me commend. Likewise to thee commend I my dear Fiord And pledge he would have said, but there did end. Straight angels' voices with most sweet accord were heard the while his spirit did ascend, the which, dissolved from this fleshly mass, in sweetest melody to heaven did pass. Orlando, though he should rejoice in heart of this, his end so holy and devout, because he knew his loving Brandemart was taken up to heaven without all doubt, yet flesh and blood in him so played their part, that without tears he cannot bear it out, but that he needs must show some change and cheer, to lease one more than any brother dear." this while, sobrino bruised in his head and wounded sorely in his side and thigh upon the ground so great a stream had bled it seemed his life in peril was thereby and olivero little better sped on whom his horse still overthrown did lie he striving but his striving did not boot to get at liberty his bruised foot and sure it seems he had been worse paid had not his doleful cousin quickly come and brought to him both quick and needful aid before the pain had him quite overcome his foot that long had in the stirrup stayed was therewithal so void of sense and numb that when he stood upright he was not able to touch the ground much less tread firm and stable so that indeed orlando in his heart but little joy of so great conquest had he wails the death of his dear brandemart and that his kinsman was in state so bad now lay Sabrino, though alive in part yet with a look so cheerless and so sad and so much blood his aged veins had bled that doubtless in few hours he had been dead save that orlando with compassion moved to see him lie so lorn and so distressed gate him such needful things as best behoved and charitably made his wounds be dressed so kindly that some kinsman dear beloved and not his foe a man might him have guessed such was this earl's good nature fierce in fight but fight once done from malice free or spite the horse and bodies of the other twain he took away and left their men the rest to be disposed to their own private gain or to inter their lords as they thought best but here that in my story i do fain frederick fulgoso as i here hath guessed sith at this isle he late arriving found and all the same no level foot of ground nor doth he probably deem or take, that six such knights, as had in arms no peer, on horseback should a combat undertake, where no one foot of plain ground doth appear. To which objection I this answer make, that then, in times now past seven hundred year, plain ground there was, but now some inundation or earthquake might procure this alteration wherefore fulgoso honor of thy name bright fulgor causing all thy stock to shine if in this point thou hadst imputed blame to me perhaps before that prince divine from whom thy country's good and quiet came and did it first to love and peace incline inform him now that even perhaps in this my tale of truth or likelihood doth not miss this while orlando looking from the shore a little frigate did far off descry that both with sail and with the help of oar unto that isle seemed in great haste to fly but ere of this i tell you any more i must to france as fast as i can hie to see if they be merry there or sad now they from thence the turks expulsed had had first let us see how faithful bradamant doth take his absence whom she loveth most who in his oath due care of faith did want which he had ta'en in sight of either host now sure she thinks his love and faith too scant to hear he quite had left the christian coast if in his public oath he be unjust where to alas then where to can she trust and still returning to her former plaints and still bemoaning her unlucky fate with which herself she too too well acquaints she calls herself accursed and him ungrate yea blaming god himself and all his saints for not redressing this her woeful state she scarce abstains high blasphemy to speak that god unjust and that saints powers are weak she then melissa absent doth reprove and cursed that oracle's persuasion blind that lapped her in this labyrinth of love whence she herself by no means can unwind but to Marfisa, all the rest above she openlays her stomach and her mind with her she chides and utters all her color and yet she prays her comfort this her dollar marphiza comforts her in all she may and tells her what a virtue patience is and partly doth excuse rogero's stay and further giveth her her faith in this that if she find he wilfully delay she will constrain him mend all is amiss or if she find that he refuse to do it to fight with him and so compel him to it with this she did in part her pain assuage for why it is in sorrow great relief to those of either sex or any age to have some friend to whom to tell their grief. But now, if Bradamant be in such rage, no less is he that of her house was chief, I mean Rinaldo, that cannot expulse love's fire from every sinew vein and pulse. I think I need not now to you repeat a thing by me so often told before, by name that love and that affection great that to Angelica Rinaldo bore nor did her beauty cause so much his heat as did that spring of which he drank such store now all the other paladins were free from all their foes now cupid's thrall is he an hundred messengers he sends about himself the while an hundred ways more riding to ask of her or else to find her out who hath her now or where is her abiding at last because he thinketh out of doubt that malagage of her can learn some tiding he asketh him but blushing sore with shame if he knew what of vindian indian queen became his cousin wonders at so strange a case and in his mind thereon long time he mused that when rinaldo had both time and place her offers large and kind he still refused when both herself did sue to have his grace and many of his friends persuasions used and maligage himself among the rest had proved him oft with prayer and request the rather eke because rinaldo then by taking her had set his cousin free who then was kept close prisoner in a den and for that cause in peril slain to be he marvels that he now would seek her when no hope nor cause there was and further he with angry look did bid him call to mind how in this point he had been too unkind. But good Rinaldo, now quite out of tune, prayeth him old quarrels from his mind to move, and doth most earnestly him importune unto his help, his skill and books to prove, which made his cousin so much more presume upon his reconcilement true love, and promised to assist him if he may, and for his answer he prefixed a day and straight from thence he goeth unto the place where he was wont the spirits to conjure a strong vast cave in which there was great space the precepts of his art to put inure one sprite he calls that of each doubtful case of cupid's court could give him notice sure of him he asked what dread rinaldo's change by him he heard of those two fountains strange, and how Rinaldo, by misfortune led, first happened of that hateful spring to drink, which his dislike of that fair lady bred, and made her love and proffered service stink, and how again by some ill star misled he drank of th'other spring, which caused him, think, her only to be loved and admired, whom erst he hated more than cause required moreover he to madagidius showed how that same famous indian queen nay queen had on a pagan youth herself bestowed of parentage of state of living mean and how from spain they in a galley rode all christendom and spain forsaking clean and passing both with safety and with ease in venturous barks of catalan the seas Now when Rinaldo for his answer came, his learned cousin seeks him to persuade unto some better thought his mind to frame, nor further in this gulf of love to wade, alleging what a slander and a shame it was to fancy one herself had made, not like a queen, but like a vile-maid Marian, a wife, nay, slave unto a base barbarian. In fine, he said, she was to Thindis gone with her medoro, and was well nigh there. Rinaldo not a little mused thereon, yet all the rest he could with patience bear, and for the pain he counted small or none, so he at last might find her anywhere, wherefore of it he had no care nor keep, nor could that make him once to break his sleep but when he heard that one of birth so base had with his mistress laid his knife aboard it seemed this strake him speechless in the place he was not able to pronounce a word his heart did quake within his lips like case so trembled answer he could none afford but overcome with anguish of the passion he flang away from thence in careless fashion and much lamenting this her foul abuse he vows to follow her whate'er ensue but yet to charles he feigneth this excuse that since gradasso of his word untrue had ta'en his horse contrary to the use of valiant knights he means him to pursue alleging that it were his great dishonour to let bayardo have a foreign owner and that a turk should boast another day that he by fight did him thereof bereave king charles though loath yet could not say him nay to such an honest suit but gave him leave which ta'en alone from thence he goes his way and all his friends in paris he doth leave with guidon dudon stout to him to proffer their company but he refused their offer Way he goes alone, yet not alone, griefs, tears, and plaints still his companions are, and oft in heart he bitterly doth groan to think that erst he should so little care for her great love, which, willfully forgone, he now esteems at rates so high and rare. He could have wished, thus was his mind perplexed, but one day to enjoy and die the next then he bethinks with no less grief nay rage how she could find in that her lofty heart to set her love on such a sorry page the merits all and service put apart done unto her even from her tender age by men of high renown and great thus with a fired heart and watered eyne he rode until he touched the banks of rhine ere long into ardenna woods he enters soon after he basilia quite had passed ardenna woods whence many come repenters and in that forest have been sore aghast to travel through the same Rinaldo venters when suddenly the sky did overcast and there arose a black and hideous storm and then appeared a monster of strange form she seemed of woman's shape but in her head a thousand eyes she had that watch did keep as many ears with which she hearkened her eyes want lids and therefore never sleep in steed of hair her crown snakes overspread thus marched she forth of the darkness deep her tail one serpent bigger than the rest which she with knots had tied about her breast this sight Rinaldo's mind appalled so sore, he feels his heart already gan to fail him. And sith it never had done so before, he marvels very much what now should ail him. Yet still his mind misgave him more and more to see the monster coming to assail him. He nathless counterfeits his wonted boldness, though quaking hands bewrayed his inward coldness. The monster straight assaulted him much like to one that perfect was, and skilled in fence. And when again he with his sword did strike, he missed, and could do her none offence. Much doth Rinaldo this ill match mislike, and little wants to quite distract his sense. Right blows, and rear domain he striketh many, but yet he cannot hit her right with any. The monster sticks a serpent in his breast that strake his heart into a freezing cold. Another fixed it is below his crest, and on his neck and shoulders taketh hold. Rinaldo thinks to get him gone as best, and spurs away with all the speed he could. But that vile monster was not lame to find him, but overtook him and leapt up behind him. And whether he go straight or go he wide, the monster sitteth sure and holds him fast. He knows not how to be from her untied, nor any mean within his mind can cast. His heart even quakes within him, and beside that he was with this hideous plague aghast, he sorrowed so, not knowing how to mend it, he loathed his life and desire to end it. He spurs amain, and purposely he takes the rugged ways, the worst that he could find, by craggy rocks and hills, through briars and brakes, through copses thick, by narrow paths and blind. But sure the night the matter much mistakes." he cannot from the monster him unwind, and, like it was, great harm had him betided, had not for him been help in time provided. For, lo, a knight unto his succor went, all armed in shining steel, and on his shield he bare a yoke in sundry pieces rent and flames of fire all in a yellow field. So weaponed he was, as if he meant to make all that encountered him to yield a sword and spear he had and to the same a mace from whence he threw continual flame his mace was stored with everlasting fire that ever burned and did never waste no other weapon needed one desire to make good way with wheresoe'er he passed and sure rinaldo's danger did require quick remedy wherefore the knight doth haste and when he saw this monster and did view her with his stiff spear forthwith he overthrew her. But this same fall did her no whit annoy, wherefore to use his spear he now misliketh. He only will his fiery mace employ, and with that same the monster foul he striketh. Then she no longer could her force enjoy. Rinaldo, while she fled, occasion piketh to scape away, as him that night persuaded, while he this monster more and more invaded now when the knight had with his fiery mace driven back this monster to her darksome den where she for spite doth beat her head and face repining at the good of other men then to Rinaldo he doth ride apace and when he had soon overtain him then he offered in kind sort with him to ride from out the darksome places him to guide but when rinaldo was from danger free and that same knight by whom his safety came so courteously to come to him did see his speech to him in kind words he did frame and gave him many thanks in high degree and then besought him he might know his name that the emperor and all his court might know what knight did so great grace on him bestow the knight in courteous manner thus replied i would not you should take it in displeasure that i my name from you awhile shall hide but ere the shadow grow a yard by measure, I shall you tell. Thus onward still they ride, Rinaldo being pleased to stay his leisure. So long they went together till they found a crystal spring that ran along the ground, at which full oft the herdmen that did dwell near those same woods have in their loving fits drunk love away with tasting of that well, and of those passions purged clean their wits. Now, For the knight that rode with him could tell that for Rinaldo's ill this physic fits, he doth advise him there to stay a space, and make that well their bait and resting-place. Rinaldo of the motion well alloweth, and lighteth straight, and to the well doth go, both for that heat and travel-bred his drouth, and that the monster had disturbed him so. Under the crystal well he puts his mouth, and greedily drinks down five gulps or more and from his breast doth with one draught remove his burning thirst and his more burning love now when that other knight that with him went saw him lift up himself from that same brook and found he did his foolish love repent and that he now that humor quite forsook then to declare his name he was content and looking with a grave and lofty look he said rinaldo no, I hight disdain that came to loose thee from love's foolish chain. This said, he vanished from Rinaldo quite, his horse nor him he could not after see. Rinaldo marvels at this wondrous sight, and looks about, and saith, What, where is he? At last he thinks 'tis some familiar sprite that by good Maligidges sent might be, to rid him of that tedious care and woe that many months had him afflicted so or else that God to him this help did lend, of his especial grace and loving-kindness, as erst he did unto Tobias and his angel to deliver him from blindness. But let it angel be, or be it fend, Rinaldo takes against him no unkindness. He thanks, and praises it, and doth acknowledge to have received of him grace, wit, and knowledge. Now that same great mislike and hate retorned of fair Angelica, whom late he loved, now he despised her and greatly scorned to think that he for her one foot had moved yet onward into indiaward he journeyed as for bayardo's sake it in behoved because both honor did compel him to it and to his prince he undertook to do it he rides to basil next ensuing night where very late before some news were hard how that orlando challenged was to fight and for that fight how he himself prepared not that Orlando news hereof did write, but one that came from Sicil, thitherward, affirmed he had heard the same reported by many that to Sicily resorted. These news do set on edge Rinaldo's heart. He fain would present be at this conflict. He fain would take therein Orlando's part, to whom he bound and was in bonds most strict of friendship, of alliance, and his wherefore he takes post-horse and spurred and pricked and changed both beasts and guides each ten miles end and toward italy he still doth bend at constance he did pass the stream of rhine and then beyond the alps he soon doth go to mantua and ere the sun decline he passed o'er the stately stream of po here he did doubt and did not soon design if he should travel all the night or no till at the last a well behaved knight and full of courtesy came in his sight. This knight forthwith unto Rinaldo went, and asked him if he were a married man. Rinaldo marvels what the question meant, but answered yea. Then t'other straight began, and prayed him that he would be then content to be his guest at such cheer as he can, offering to show him, while with him he tarried, a sight well-pleasing unto all were married." rinaldo glad so good a bait to make and no less willing haps most rare to hear would not the offer of this night forsake of entertainment good and friendly cheer but onward with him doth his journey take until he saw a goodly place appear so well set forth both for the show and sense as seemed not for a private man's expense the porch was all of porphyry and touch on which the sumptuous building raised was with images that seemed to move see touch some hewed in stone some carved and cut in brass likewise within the beauty was as much beneath a stately arch they straight did pass unto a court that good proportion bare and was each way one hundred cubits square and either side a porch had passing fair that with an arch is on two columns placed of equal size they seem at every pair yet sundry works which them the better graced at each of these a wide large easy stair without the which all buildings are defaced and those same stairs so stately mounting led each to a chamber richly furnished the columns high the chambers gilt with gold the cornices enriched with things of cost the marbles, fet from far and dearly sold, by cunning workmen carved and embossed, with images and antics new and old, though now the night thereof concealed most, show that that work so rich beyond all measure could scant be builded with a prince's treasure. But nothing did so much the sight enrich, as did the plenteous fountain, that did stand just placed in the middle under which the pages spread a table out of hand, and brought forth napri rich, and plate more rich, and meats the choicest of the sea or land. For, though the house had stately rooms full many, in summer season this was best of any. This fountain was by curious workmen brought to answer to the rest with double square, eight female statues of white marble wrought, with their left hands an azure sky up bare which raining still expelled heat and drought from all that under it or near it are in their right hands was amalthea's horn by every one of those eight statues borne, each of these statues rested both their feet upon two images of men below that seemed delighted with the noise so sweet that from the water came that there did flow they also seemed the ladies low to greet as though they did their names and virtues know and in their hands they hold long scrolls of writings of their own pennings and their own indictings and in fair golden letters were the names both of the women wrote and of the men the women were eight chaste and sober dames that now do live but were unborn as then the men were poets that their worthy fames in time to come should praise with learned pen these images bear up a brazen trestle on which there stood a large white marble vessel this took the water from the azure sky from whence with turning of some cock or vice great store of water would mount up on high and wet all that same court even in a trice with sight of these rinaldo fed his eye so that his host could scarcely him entice to feed his stomach yet he oft him told his meat would mar and salads would be cold then down at last they sat them at the board and pleasant talk did help digest their meat his host that was no niggard did afford great store of delicates to drink and eat and all this while rinaldo spake no word although he did it oft in mind repeat and though his tongue did itch to pray him tell what twas that would please married men so well at last he put him mannerly in mind of that he first did promise him to show even then he plainly saw his host inclined to inward grief and did more pensive grow with secret sighs and leaving half behind at last a page came in with curtsy low and bears a standing cup of gold most fine without of gems and full within of wine With this the master of the feast did smile, and on Rinaldo looked with pleasant cheer. But one that well had marked him the while might see more grief than mirth in him appear. Now, noble guest, quoth he, within a while you shall see proved a strange conclusion here that needs must be full welcome to be tried, by all that are in bonds of wedlock tied. For sure, I think, he said, each husband ought make search if so his wife esteem him dearly if fame or shame by her to him be brought if man or beast he be reputed merely the burden of the horn though it be thought to weigh so heavy and to touch so nearly no doubt but many get them in their marriage yet feel them not they be so light in carriage but if a man by certain signs may know how that his wife to him is true and just he hath more cause more kindness her to show than he that lives in right or wrong mistrust for some without a cause do jealous grow whose wives are chaste and free from lawless lust and some that for their wives truth durst have sworn have for their labours in their head a horn now sir if you believe your wife is true as sure till one do find contrary proof i think both you and all men ought of due for that no doubt is best for the behoof here you shall see it tried within your view, for which I prayed you harbour in my roof. This cup, said he, if you desire to know it, by drinking in the same will clearly show it. Now drink hereof, and prove this passing skill, for if Actaeon's arms beyond your crest, do what you can, you shall the liquor spill beside your mouth upon your lap and breast. But if your wife be chaste, then drink your fill. No such mischance your draught will then molest. Thus much he said, and fixed on him his eyne, and thinks Rinaldo sure would spill the wine. Rinaldo, half allured to essay to find a thing which, found, he might repent, did take in hand the golden cup straightway, as if to quaff it off were his intent. Yet first he doth the certain danger weigh, to which, by tasting such a cup, he went. But give me leave a while, some breath to take before you hear what answer it did make. End of book 42